You are listening to the E2C Network, where the Auburn family speaks. Where you go, Auburn fans? Welcome to No Huddle, your source for Auburn football news and discussion. Part of the E2C Network. I'm AJ Richardson. I'm also here with Jared Davis. Auburn finally broke the curse. 1999 was the last time Auburn beat LSU in Baton Rouge. We did it. We finally did it in 2021. 22 years later. And just to kind of put in perspective how long ago that was. I mean, that was like Cole Kublik days when he was playing for Auburn. It was when AL.com looked like crap. (laughs) (laughs) And now we, we did it. I mean, even guys like Bo Nix weren't even alive when the last time Auburn beat LSU. That kind of puts you in perspective. It's been a long time, and these guys came together, banded together, after going down 13 to nothing pretty quickly against LSU, and then we just clawed back. We kept the, we switched that momentum, and we kept pushing. And within, you know, about three minutes left in the game, ended up winning the game. So this is, this is a big game for Auburn and a huge one for Brian Harson and his, uh, really it's first statement win at Auburn. Uh, Jared, what did you think about this, this big game against LSU and finally beating LSU in Baton Rouge? Isn't there a song like partying like it's 1999 or something? Yeah. Is that, yeah. yeah. Uh, is that a print song? I don't know. Uh, we, we partied like it was 1999, man. I I um I I still can't believe it. I keep thinking I'm gonna wake up and it's a dream. Um and and we really shouldn't be that way as a program because we got good enough players and we've won championships since we won at LSU. So mm-hmm. we I mean we've had two undefeated seasons since we won at LSU. So it it's kind of crazy, but yeah, that monkey's off the back. I mean we're you know that's done. So yeah. On to the next monkey. We got to get off our back next week, but uh, we'll talk about that later. But yeah, it's uh, it was a great feeling, and uh, just really excited for the team. Yeah, I mean, I feel like anytime they Auburn football posts like a celebration in the locker room, like you see, you see them putting their guts out there, and and they're just playing hard. And I think Auburn. I mean, over the last few years has been a team that just does not quit. And that I love that about us. We don't quit even when we're down and it looks like it's going to be really, really tough to come out of it. I mean, even uh, I think Cole Keeblick tweeted that Auburn hasn't had a road game win of 13 points or more since 2010. And that was against Alabama in the comeback. So that's, that's a hard hill to come, climb out of. And yet we did it. And the team did it. The coaches made the adjustments. It came together. Yeah, it wasn't the most beautiful win, but it's a win. And I'm happy to be an Auburn Tiger. And this was a great one to put down as, you know, Bo Nix led this team back. Our defense did what it needed to. It was a good, it was just an all over good effort from our team to get, get this W. Yeah. Yeah. I totally agree with you. I mean, I mean, it almost felt like we were left for dead, honestly. I know it wasn't a big – I mean, it was 13 points, but we've been there, man. We've been in games. We've been at Clemson where, you know, it was 10 to nothing for most of the game, but you just never – you're like, there's no way we come back from this. And it started feeling like that again. Um, it was like, all right, it's only two touchdowns, but, man, it feels like it's 40 points. 
Um, mm-hmm. And that all changed on one play. Yeah, and I, and I I don't know if you're thinking the same one as me, but I think that one play where it was fourth and two, Bonix was scrambling around and probably ran a cumulative like sixty or seventy yards. It felt like before he he threw it to Tyler Fromm and landed that touchdown at, to get Auburn on the scoreboard, and that turned the whole perspective of how this game could go. Because at that point, I think we were thirteen and. Uh, 13 to zero and then Bo Nix was like I want to make something happen like I got to I want to help this team out especially after last week when he just did not play well against Georgia State and and players well no, I'm not going to say players I think fans were definitely doubting him and Bo Nix decided this is the game I want to come out and prove why I should be the starter and I honestly think he did he played his butt off. It was gutsy. He did what he needed to do. Didn't make any terrible mistakes. Had a couple potentially bad mistakes, but they didn't end in you know bad turnovers or anything. So, what what did you kind of think of Bo Nix and how he helped Auburn push for this huge win against LSU? Uh, yeah, man. I mean, I think if we go on to have a pretty good year, I mean, I think that's, I think that was the turning point of the season, if I'm being honest. Um, I mean, we, you know, we could not score. I mean, we actually got the ball past midfield, like our first five drives, but then we would Mm -hmm. stall out. I mean, we couldn't even get to the red zone. So that play was just amazing. It was very Johnny Manziel-esque, even better than anything I've seen Manziel do. I mean, it could be the play of the year. I mean, it was ridiculous. And if we go on to win more games, it may get, you know, listed as up there in the top 10 play. If if we don't, people will just forget about it. Um, I, ESPN, somebody put on ESPN, uh, it said, the Bo Nix experience has taken years off the lives of Auburn fans, but Saturday's performance was a reminder of how good he can be. Mm, uh, they're calling yep. it the Bo Nix experience. <laughs> <laughs> it's like a ride you get on. Yeah, it it can be. That's for sure. And uh, this is where I feel like uh, some of the fan base just, you know, they they dwell on the Georgia State type games or when Bo Nix has a bad half. And I I mean, even myself, I kind of sometimes forget about the big plays that he's made. I mean, he's he's been I mean, this wasn't his first time. Everybody's calling him Houdini or I like to call him Bodini. Hmm. Like he he does that kind of stuff every once in a while when he really needs to. And so I think this is just a reminder. He has the capability to do that, and he will do it. He'll do it when Auburn needs it. But I'd love to see it on a little bit more regular basis, The consistent the, this kind of play on a consistent basis. And I think if he does that, then we're having a much different conversation about Bo Nix. May I mean, we're, we're not talking about, is TJ Finley going to be the quarterback next next week? It's how is Bo Nix going to top that, that performance? We're going to have conversations like that. <laughs> Here's the crazy thing. He did it three times that game. I mean, so he did it, you know, there was a, I think it might've been another four. No, it might've been third down, but he, he almost very, almost similar scrambling. And then he finds Robertson in the middle of the field to keep oh, the drive was, alive. You had it right. It was fourth down. Fourth, it was fourth and two again. Fourth down. And then another one he found, did he find, uh, was it Shanker? Shanker? I think he found Shanker. Yep towards the sideline on another scramble. So it's like, you know, at some point you just got to think maybe this, this is, this guy's just got it. I mean, you know, I think honestly, 
Um, and, and rightfully so. I think Bobo and them spent so much time on like teaching him how to stay in the pocket that he quit being a gamer for a couple of games. Hmm. And I wonder if they went back and said, look, <laughs> you've learned enough about the pocket now. Just go be a gamer. Like, go be Bo. Because I felt like he had a great mix of that. He stayed in the pocket when the pressure was not there. Um, yep. But when it was, like, he went and made plays. And I don't – I think we had been missing the bow that made plays the first few games. Yeah, and honestly, this last week, I had been thinking a lot about that, about how Bo Nix has – he's had a couple runs, but they haven't been, like, the last two years where Bo Nix would do these type of crazy runs. I don't know if we necessarily were just, like, holding it back or if, like you said – if Bobo and Harson said, you got to sit in the pocket, we got to get that side of your game kind of developed before we're, we're going to say, you get the green light, go run, have fun. And so, I mean, I, I, I think either way, I think Bo Nix as a runner like that and a passer is one of the most dangerous combinations that you can have as a quarterback. And, and, I think it's, like you said, it's kind of like Manziel. But I also think, if you think back to, I think it was the Sugar Bowl where we faced uh, Baker Mayfield at Oklahoma. Baker Mayfield was doing the exact same thing. We were getting pressure on him, even getting hands on him. He would squeeze out of you know those tackles and then just deliver a 30, 40-yard bomb that just demoralizes your defense. And, and that's what Bo kept on doing over and over. And so I think over time that kind of beat down on LSU this week. And and that's why we kept being able to come back and claw to get finally with three minutes left and 11 seconds, we, we got the lead finally. And that was all because I think Bo knew exactly what we needed to do. And, and when routes weren't open, guess what? He ran down the field and got us a first down or you know, kept the ball moving down the field. That's the kind of gutsy play that I, I love to see. Um, I was correct. Any other kind of thoughts about that? Yeah, sorry. I was corrected on this because I've always been under the impression that we, we've won games with Bo as quarterback, not because Bo was quarterback. Um, and and this game we won because Bo was quarterback. Like, Bo mm-hmm. won this game. And that's what you've been waiting for. He did that in Oregon his first game ever. And so I was corrected on that. I don't. I can't think of a lot of other games over we won because he was the quarterback. Now he may have not made mistakes. Um, you know, was was managing the game, so to speak, with based off his final numbers. But we don't win this ball game without Bo, and mm-hmm. that's what you need out of your quarterback. And so I was, and I've been one of the not as much on this podcast, trying to keep it pretty unbiased. But I've I've been pretty hard on Bo. And I was very pleased just with his effort, even if we don't win that ball game. Like the kid never quits. I mean, you can't question his heart. And luckily, it, it you know you know paid off yesterday with a victory as well. Yeah, I think if if Bo doesn't play like he did, I don't think we we come back. I think it's probably a different story. We're probably down by a touchdown or two at the end of the game instead of us winning by five points. And and that's the that's huge that's huge to have that kind of player um in in the game I mean Auburn's seen it before with guys like Nick Marshall and Cam Newton those players wanted to go out there and just make plays 
and they did on a consistent basis. And, and Bo's got to keep doing that because, hey, the SEC is going to be tough. Um, but at the same time, you can't just be putting your body out in the line. I don't think he necessarily did except maybe that touchdown where he ran in. But, you know, dude was just – he saw the goal line and he really wanted it. Like, I can't fault him for that. But you got to be, you know, a little safe when it comes to going up against other SEC teams because they will put licks on you, uh, which will wear on you over over the game, over the uh, span of the season. Um, I did want to talk kind of high level. What did you think of? Uh, we talked a lot about discipline. What did you think about the team's discipline this game and what you saw from them? I was very disappointed the first quarter and a half. I mean, I was frustrated. I mean, we had penalties that kept drives alive. Um, you know, some of that frustration was probably with a, what we thought was a double penalty, one of them on Hall, which that got reversed. But the hands-to-face kept a drive alive, the, you know, hitting the player late. Um, you know, they uh, we had a big pass to Schenker, and then we, you know, had a personal foul after that. So that turned a 30-yard gain into 15. Um, I thought we were undisciplined, to be honest with you. And I was like, this is about to get ugly. Mm-hmm. And a light bulb went off. I have no idea. And I, I that one play helped tremendously, but the, but even the whole team just became more focused and disciplined. And I was like, oh, okay, is this who we are? Yeah. And and I really think after those uh, late hit or personal foul calls, Auburn ended up by the end of the game only having four penalties for forty yards, which all in all. It's pretty good, especially when you start the game off, like you said, for the first quarter to quarter and a half, just being very undisciplined. And, and that's, I feel like coaching preparation, you don't do those type of things. But we really were able to kind of rein that in and play, honestly, a pretty clean game penalty-wise for the rest of the game. And I feel like that that should be very commendable for these these guys and the coaches kind of directing their the players how to do that. Um, I also it kind of goes with this coaching and discipline kind of talk. What did you think of how Harson approached this game because he was very aggressive. I mean, we went for it on fourth down multiple times. Even had that onside kick, which hey, credit to you and our group me. You were uh, mentioning that. The way Harson's playing right now, we might get a hat uh, right out of half an onside kick. And guess what? <laughs> About 20, 30 minutes later, we got it. So um, what did you kind of think of the coaching decisions and how we approach this game? I liked it, man. I mean, you know, we, that's what we've been begging for, to be honest with you. Gus had gone into a shell. You know, that stuff Gus would have done in 2013 and 14, and then he went into a shell and, you know, just relied too much on his defense and, um, you know, it, it, that wasn't totally terrible in some cases, but yeah, I mean, Hey, you got to go down there and take that game. You're not going to, you're not going to just go into Baton Rouge and win just by playing safe. Like it just doesn't mm-hmm. happen. No. And sometimes you don't get the result you want. We did the onside kick. We didn't get it, but that's big mentality. Like you're telling your players, Hey, we came here to win. We yeah. didn't come here just to play close. And just to not lose, we came here to win. Yeah, and I, and I think even the onside kick, you you go into it thinking, well, if you don't get it, your know, your defense is going to have to play well. But really, the really starting in the second quarter, I saw some big adjustments from what what we were doing on defense. 
And really after that, I think that first touchdown drive and maybe a little bit after, I mean, we, we stopped bootay and we got a guy, I'm going to use a pun here. We stuck a guy on his bootay because <laughs> we just said, you are not going to get open on us. You, and, been, and it was a successful. You've been wanting to use that one. How long have you wanted to use that? Uh, a long time. Yeah. <laughs> At least 24 hours. You're like, let's start this podcast. I got one. Yeah. That's a good one. <laughs> I like it. I like it. No, I, I agree with you, man. I think the defense, the defense making adjustments went into hearts and making that decision. But I think, like I said, I go back to the fact, you know, some of these calls are for the team, you know, like the team always wants to go for it on fourth down. And usually the coach is like the, you know, he's like the parent that tells you, no, it's time to go to bed. <laughs> but the yeah. coach was like, no, nah, I'm right with y'all. Let's do it. You know, let's, hey, we came here to win. And, um, yeah. you know, so I liked it. Uh, we didn't do stuff like that at Penn State. We took the safe route and we didn't win the ball game. So, um, and even that, I mean, think back on it. We're one, one play away potentially from, at least tying up Penn State and maybe even beating them. And then we're undefeated and we're having a completely different conversation because we're five and zero. Right now we're four and one. That's a really good spot to be at. But that like I said, we're that again, it's just so close. And in the game of football, I mean even this game is kind of just a game of inches of LSU could have, you know, for example, thrown a touchdown pass last play of the game, won it all. But it didn't happen that way. We got the interception and just shut LSU down um, at the end of the game. So I personally love these coaching decisions and how we kind of approached it, both with Harson and Bobo. They kept it uh, – I felt like they kept the pressure offensively on LSU's defense. And, and we pretty much knew, I think, pretty quickly we weren't going to run the ball – so what were we going to do? We we're going to pass the ball and then Bo Nix take a handful of those when the options open. And that was pretty successful. And then on defense, we, like I said, we, it was Butte, um, and then Besh, both, both of those guys, I think we, we kind of slowed them down just a little bit, which I think ultimately really just slowed down LSU's offense. Uh, AJ, let's talk. Look, it's fine to talk about Harson and X's and O's and stuff, but but the real reason we won this game is you. What did you keep your promise on last <laughs> week? Yeah, good good call because I had said on my on our previous show that I wouldn't eat any corn dogs, and I resist the urge. I feel like I have this crazy urge every time we play LSU to just eat a corn dog. I, I resisted, and guess what? We came out with a W. So. I think we I'll should I'll take all, a little credit. We should all we should all applaud AJ. I am a little concerned that you had to physically resist the urge to eat a corn dog. Well, uh, I had some in the freezer just because I, I mean, like I it's it's a celebratory thing. Like, I don't know. Well, corn dogs are kind of like the uh, oh man, I didn't make it to the store. Do I have anything <laughs> anything in this house that I can eat? Oh, there's a corn dog. That's kind of what that's like the whole purpose of a corn dog. So you having to resist that <laughs> urge scares me a little bit, but I am glad you did it, and I think that's why we won. Maybe I'll take a little credit. <laughs> we can shut the podcast down now. That's it. That's the reason. Yeah. Hey, Auburn fans! I want to take a quick timeout from this episode to bring your attention to something very special. Here at the E2C Network, we pride ourselves on bringing you the best content for Auburn fans out there, and best of all, it's free to you. But just because it's free doesn't mean there aren't costs. 
especially when you have a library of hundreds of podcasts, videos, blogs, and more. Many of you have reached out and asked how you can support this network in the past. Well, now I have your answer. It's called the E2C Network Booster Club over at patreon.com slash E2C Network. There you'll find a membership monthly reward system where you can sign up for as little as $1 and get different perks at different tiers. Some of those perks include things such as apparel, eligibility to join us on future podcasts, recognition as an E2C Network booster, exclusive communications, and bonus content that is available nowhere else. If you love this network and want to help us keep producing podcasts like this one, please head on over to patreon.com slash E2C Network to join the E2C Network Booster Club. You can also get there by going to our website, e2cnetwork.com slash support. Whether you decide to join or not, we are still so appreciative that you would support us by just listening and being here because each and every one of you is part of our E2C Network family. Well, that's it. Timeout's over. Let's get back into the episode. I did also want to talk about, let's let's kind of get into specifics of offense, defense, and special teams for a little bit. Um, we've kind of talked overall and even a little bit about Bo, but let's let's talk specifically about our offense. Um, our offense ended up having 453 total yards, 290 uh, in the air, and then 163 on the ground. We came into this game knowing we might have a little bit of a battle between Bo Nix and TJ Finley. Bo came out. I think he proved why he was the quarterback. We've already discussed that a good bit. But I did want to talk about what our run game did, and, and or maybe a lack of for a lot of the game. Um, what did you kind of think of where our run game was this game and where, I mean, we've seen such good games from our running backs and this game wasn't great (laughs) for our run backs. Yeah. I think our offensive line is kind of like most people's golf game. Like you go out one day and your driver's working, but your putter doesn't. And then the next day your putter works and your drive doesn't. So our first three games, we could run the ball, um, and, you know, pass protect was, was not terrible, but it wasn't like we were, you know, praising it. Well, now pass protection is pretty good because we didn't give up a sack to the nation's sack-leading team, but we couldn't run the ball. So, mm-hmm. uh, you know, I, I will say I think I think something's not totally healthy with Tank because, like, Jarquez is having a little bit of success even with the bad run blocking. Um, and so I think something's got to be up with Tank and um, – so I think that's factored in a little bit. Um, but, yeah, I mean, the run blocking was not great, and that's why Bo had to throw 45 times. And I don't like doing that, especially on the road. But, you know, it's you got to do what you got to do. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I think I'm a little worried about Tank, at least as far as I think he, he might have something going on. But it is very much reassuring that we have Jarquez Hunter that – I mean, when, when things just weren't moving with Tank in there, Jarquez, we got things going with him. Um, and even Shivers in there as well. He, he didn't necessarily have, I mean, there's no runs on quote-unquote runs, but he had a couple that was just like pitch out, kind of get him outside, or even a little you know flip out kind of pass real quick to him. And, and those are... Very effective, especially with Shiver's speed. I mean, dude broke a dude, like LSU's guy's ankle. I mean, it was, I love that kind of stuff. 
Um, and, and he's still, he's not just shifty, but he'll actually hit somebody and move a guy forward. Um, so I think our running backs have some room to improve, but I think we kind of knew that pretty early in the game and said, you know what? We're not going to try to beat you in a game that we're going to lose, but we're going to take it, throw it in the air. And uh, we decided to do that pretty consistently. And I think our top guy for receiver, uh, John Samuel Schenker, 102 yards receiving. It was his first, well, not just his first, but Auburn's first tight end to have over 100 yards since Andy Fuller against Florida in 1994. So even, you know, what was that now? Ridiculous. Like, that is so long ago for us to not have a guy for a tight end. Yeah, I know Auburn typically hasn't had a tight end that we've, you know, <laughs> thrown a bunch of asses to, but Schenker stood in there and he's he's become Bonex's go to guy. Um and, and it's good to have somebody who's who's good like that. Even though I think Schenker had a couple of drop passes that he probably should have caught, he still made incredible plays that kind of made up for that. And uh, I think without Schenker I, a lot of those drives would easily stalled out. Mm-hmm. I agree. Um, any other thoughts about running backs or uh, wide receivers before we move on to defense? No. I, well, I would like to see a consistent wide receiver step up every game. Feels like every game is somebody a little different, and then they're not you know, fully stepping up. But I think you're right. I think Shaker's the main target right now, and – his football IQ is pretty good. I mean, they were he would he moved when when Bo was scrambling. He would move to get open, and I I think uh, you know I would love to have a more explosive player. But um, yeah, so all in all, let's uh, wide receivers still need to improve. Shanker's doing great, and um, we'll see where that see where it goes. Yeah, and I mean, uh, after us firing the wide receivers coach, we, we still have some inconsistencies. Yeah, it, it even seemed like some guys were just out of place, and. and that that's got to be cleaned up uh well, for this offense to to really start moving well when harson let him have it there was one where uh both through a kind of a fade route and hudson came in like hudson was nowhere near it and yep. Bo went over there or harson went over there and he turned his face away from the camera but he was he was chewing the wide receivers coach a new one mm. so yeah we we've got some room to grow in wide receivers that's for sure um uh I did also want to mention offensive line because they get a lot of crap. I think they did a pretty good job minus their run blocking. Run blocking was not good. Uh, And it was evident that with the lack of running ability that we had, but we were very effective when it was any kind of pass. We were blocking pretty darn well. And like you said, we did not allow a sack to the nation's leading team in sacks. And that it just still blows my mind that we were able to do that. And kind of just shows you, well, first off, Bonex is very capable of getting out of a lot of different things, which got him the name Bodini. Mm-hmm. Um, and, but it was also, he had some pretty good pockets. And so uh, Coach Friend, he's doing a, He's doing some work on this offensive line, yep. and and we're seeing the fruits from it, without a doubt. Um, let's talk about defense here because I, I had some big complaints early on from our defense. 
but yet the we we kicked things into gear quickly and uh, it was very effective really after that first touchdown drive from LSU it was all Auburn on defense we were not we we're keeping them out of the end zone making them kick some longer field goals I don't know how much more you can ask for your defense um so I have to credit Derek Mason a lot with how we we transitioned and played really good defense. Um, and, and Justin Ferguson, I, I thought this was kind of a telling thing. After LSU went up 13-0 to pretty quickly, let's put this in perspective. Auburn had 24 points, 325 yards on the offense. Let's put that in perspective. LSU from that point on, so after they scored the 13 points real quickly, only had six more points the rest of the game. And only, and I think this is the kicker here, 160 yards after those 13 points. That's just showing you Auburn's defense was not letting LSU march down the field. And and I, I think that makes also the difference. If you don't have the combination of Bo Nix taking the game into his own hands and the defense stopping LSU like it did to 160 yards after those 13 points, you don't get a win. I don't see a way Auburn gets a win unless there's another big turnover or something. Um, Jared, what do you think of, of how our defense played? Any players maybe that, you, that kind of stood out to you either? Yeah, I think uh, I think the D did a great job. I, everything you just pointed out, I, I, I knew it visually, but I didn't know the numbers, so that's pretty impressive. Um, you know, I think uh, I've, I've been harsh on um, Mason, as well, I think that he made great adjustments. They started coming up and pressing. Um, I think um, you know Zagov McLean. I mean, he's just—he's just a broken record. I mean, that guy's everywhere. He—he's the quarterback on the defense. He makes it all work. <laughs> that was pretty obvious last week in the first half against Georgia State. Um, I think—I think Derek Hall played well. I think that that was huge. I think if he, that targeting stands, which was just a crazy call. I think if that targeting stands, we may not win that game. I think Derek had a sack or, or two and several mm-hmm. QB pressures and um, with Moultrie being out. I mean, I think that we needed him. So all in all, I think um, they played great as a unit. Um, I, you know, <clears throat> we uh, we made adjustments in the Georgia State game, and that's that's great. Like, we need to make those because we don't win the game. I would love to see us, like, not give up <laughs> uh, easy uh, first possession drives and dig ourselves <laughs> a hole. Yeah. Um, I would also love to. Uh, does our team know they can intercept the ball before the final play of the game? <laughs> that, I'd hope so. We would, had opportunities to, but that, we didn't capitalize. No, nah, I'm not. That's a joke. I'm not knocking the defense. Although, man, alive. I mean, in Penn State, we knocked the ball loose and couldn't land on it. And that changes things. And LSU, we caused a fumble, couldn't get it, and we had a pick that was like tipping around in everybody's hands. If mm-hmm. either one of those go our way, I think that makes this a lot easier game. So I think all in all, though, the defense did well. Um, still a lot of room for improvement, but when we get – we need Papo next week. But even Zacoby in there, man, he just makes it work. Yeah, I think so. I I, I think if we have Papo, it gives us an extra edge. Um, we, we need that. Um, I, I think we'd be, we'll be fine next week without him, but it would definitely – be very helpful to have both Zacoby and Owen Papo out there. Um, I did want to, I think I saw this also from Justin Ferguson. He, he said this about Zacoby McLean. And the more I, you know, I saw that and I started watching Zacoby, 
he said something about he's just got this you know innate running run stopping ability. And I was like, you know what? The more I'm looking at him, he knows how to find the right you know where whichever hole the running back's going to. Like it's very rare that he misses where the running back is about to go. And that's just, he's watched lots of film. He's got great natural ability to find that, that spot. Because I mean, that's why Jacoby McClain led this team with 12 tackles this game and probably will lead the sec. I think maybe again, because he is just that good um, at, at stopping the run. So big shout out to him. And I, I think without him being in there and doing what he does, I think our defense doesn't have that mojo that that we really needed. And, I mean, that kind of stuff. I mean, I think LSU only had 11 yards total rushing this whole game. And I think that's – I don't know if it's solely on – I don't think it's solely Zacoby. I think the defensive line did a good job too. But Zacoby stuffed the holes real quick. Um, you don't get 11 yards or, or stop a team with 11 yards rushing without having some good linebacker play. Yeah, I agree with you. Um, our secondary, I did want to shout out one guy, Jalen Simpson. So he's been a guy I, I kind of like in the peripheries over the last couple years have been watching and Jalen, I feel like had one of his best games this, this game he's had battled some injuries. So he hasn't got as much play time as he, uh, hoped, but he had some really good open field tackles and also had a battered away ball, which could have easily been a first down. And that's the kind of stuff, I mean, saving first downs, like that, he played a heck of a game for the secondary. Um, And and honestly, I didn't hear much about Roger McCreary, which for a defensive back, that's usually a great sign when your name is not getting called out. uh, Because you know what that means? (laughs) Your guy isn't getting the ball that much. Yeah. You're doing your job. Um, So... Huge shout-outs to the secondary. I think they, they made some big improvements. Um, I did want to talk about our defensive line real quick before we uh, finish up with special teams. I thought we wouldn't be able to get this much pressure on LSU, and we got a lot of pressure on LSU. We got three sacks, six quarterback hurries, and just extra hits galore on their quarterback. And I think that's a lot to do with how our defensive line, just the mentality of this game was. It was really awesome to see. And I loved watching them get pressure on the quarterback when, you know, Jared, you and I have been talking about, we need that. We need that bad. And this was one of the first games I got to see a good bit of that. Yeah, I was, I was pleased, man, with the defense overall. I mean, just not the first drive, definitely not the first play, but, you know. <laughs> Um, and, and to be honest with you, the only touchdown they scored was just just to just to as one of those you just shake your head at. I mean, they they just it was perfect on every aspect from there from them. And um, you know, we had him covered, and it was just a perfect ball, and Butte kept his feet in, and you know, it's not sometimes you just got to tip your cap. So, but that was the only touchdown they scored. Yeah. All right, let's finish this out with talking about special teams here. Uh, I think overall, not a terrible game for special teams. People are probably going to look at the stat sheet and say, wow, that was not a good game because Andres Carlson was only one of three. But then when you start to realize the one that he made was 49 yards, 
and the two field goals that he missed, one was blocked, and which that's not great. You sh- that shouldn't happen. But the other one was 51 yards. So you, you had the both of the ones that he missed were 50-plus yards. And I think when you put that in perspective, I think it changes the the narrative a little bit with your special teams. Um, and I, I think we tried something on on that onside kick. It looked like it was almost there. Uh, Demetrius Robertson was almost there to get uh, recover that uh, onside kick. So I think overall, I'd, I'd say our special teams did pretty good. Any other kind of thoughts about our special teams and how they did this game? Yeah, I think you summed it up. I mean, I I think you could, you know, you don't want to miss two field goals. And, you know, especially in a game like that. I mean, we could have, you know, we could have won, although we could easily lost. I mean, we could have won that game 30 to 19 if, you know, if the, everything stays the same and we make two field goals. But mm-hmm. they were they were long field goals. I feel like our snapping's a little off, honestly. I just feel like uh, the timing's been off a bit. I don't think it's mostly on Carlson. But, um, you know, it uh, didn't cost us this game, but we need to – we need to get that fixed because um, we're going to be playing a much tougher defense next week and probably going to be several field goal opportunities. So, Yeah, and, and I think off the top of my head, I think we do have a new long snapper, which so far I haven't noticed anything terrible from him. Like He's not snapping over the guy's you know puncher's head or something. But uh, I, I agree. It seems like there's something slightly off, which if there's something slightly off in the field goal game, uh, you need to – get that figured out quick because uh, that'll throw off the kicker's timing. Uh, absolutely. Absolutely. Um, any other kind of, uh, any final thoughts before we get out of here about this LSU game and, you know, the impact that it uh, made on not only this team, but I feel like fans in general that we finally got a win down in Baton Rouge. Yeah. I mean, I think at the end of the day, you know, we're kind of like, okay, we should have beaten LSU cause they're not great. But LSU's good. So we, I think we've all kind of gone a little excessive and said, oh, LSU's terrible. We're saying they're terrible because we expect them to be great, and they're not. So they're a good team, and they're loaded with four and five stars. Mm-hmm. And, you know, we don't know about our team. Well, we just went down there and won. So I think I think we're a good team. I think we definitely can say we are a good team. Um, are we great? No, I don't think we are. I don't know if we have the wide receivers to get there. But – Let's enjoy this win. Don't let your brain tell you, oh, well, LSU really wasn't that good. That's why we broke the streak. We had not won there since 1999. And our first-year head coach went down there and ended that streak. And that is why you hire a new coach, to end streaks like that. I love Gus. I do love Gus. But Gus was, I think, 0-13 on the road against LSU, Georgia, and Alabama. Parsons 1-0. And that's 1-0. We haven't played a lot of games. Um but we need to we need to focus on that positive. That was a huge win. Yeah, I mean, I, I don't I don't think we can understate how big of a win this is because or overstate because it, it's good for Harson, but I think it's ultimately even better for the team. I mean, I feel like a lot of years when we beat an LSU team, it can catapult your season. And this may be one of those when we look back at it and say yeah, we think that LSU win helped Auburn at least have the confidence to go into harsh, rough teams or you know a, opposing. Uh, what am I trying to opposing say? Opposing stadiums. Yeah, yeah. Like, yeah. I mean, anytime you've got that, you, you kind of start thinking, "Wow, is this 
is this going to be the game that you know we we actually do it and this might have been it where i think we we have that confidence i agree with you jared before we get out of here how can the people stay in touch with you you can find me on facebook under my name jared davis and uh, you can find me on twitter at a j a y j a y underscore it's always great to be an auburn tiger and war eagle war eagle Thank you for tuning in today's episode on the E2C Network. On your way out, I want to remind you to stop by E2Cnetwork.com. It's your one-stop shop for all our content across our podcast, YouTube channel, and much more. To stay up to date with us, make sure you're following social media accounts such as Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. While our content here may always be Auburn sports heavy, if it's orange and blue, it's what we do. War Eagle.